start, Chris, with uh, talking about the decision made today by the Canadian Football League. Uh, obviously, with training camps just uh, six weeks away, we can't be too surprised as uh, uh, about today's announcement that training camps have been postponed. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Morley. It was the right thing to do. You know, clearly with the public health stipulations around congregations of more than 50 people and the need really to not be together with probably more than five people. Certainly it's hard to host training camp when you've got a, a large conglomerate of human beings in the same space. And then, you know, with the border stipulations as well and the closures around that, both from a Canadian and an American perspective, it just really made it impossible for us to do business as as it has for all the other businesses that are not in sports. And we're just, you know, trying to do what's right for the fans and our staff and our players and uh, and 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 make sure that we're protecting people. Yeah, you're in a bit of a different boat because there are so many American players who come to training camp, and now with the uh, with the advent of, of uh, the the global players coming, uh, you, you obviously got players from all over the world coming to training camps, and you have to make it safe for them. Yeah, you do, and and beyond that, it's you know the quarantine period as well, where you know guys are coming into town and have to be quarantined for 14 days, and that presents a uh, various challenges as well, not just from an expense standpoint, but just overall in trying to arrange not just flights, but housing, et cetera, in a temporary way so they can quarantine themselves properly and not infect anyone else if they happen to be carrying the virus. The toughest part about this whole process for not just the CFL, but for everyone who's going through it is just there's no timetable. Nobody knows the answers to the many questions that we all have. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we want to get back to playing football as quickly as we can on that note and uh you're right it's we can only control what we can control and right now this is one of those things that not a human being on this planet can control and i think that's the frustration for us all is you know you feel days where you feel like those that you're talking to on the other end of the phone or or looking at on your computer have a little bit more juice for the day and then the next day you know things take a turn for the worse and then the, the following day they revert back to being positive again so i I've learned just in the limited time in this just to, to remain as even as I can, knowing that I control nothing. Tell me about the process with the Canadian Football League. There must have been uh, hundreds of phone calls that you've been on uh, discussing what the next move is. Yeah, we had several conference calls, uh, many, many conference calls to make sure that we were doing everything we could to not knee-jerk reaction it and have a reaction to something uh, too far down the line that we shouldn't. We also wanted to make sure that, again, we were doing the right thing and protecting uh, not just ourselves, but, again, those that we're responsible for, and, and that includes our fans. And, um, you know, after many conference calls, it, it, we became even more leery about hosting something uh, when we knew we shouldn't be. And, again, when you look at the stipulations around the public health and safety requirements, we wouldn't have been able to do that more than likely anyway. Um, certainly, the government could lift those restrictions here in the next few weeks. And if they do and things change, then it would be a different story. So all we've done is postpone things for the moment, waiting for those restrictions to be lifted. And once they do, and we know it's safe for everybody, we'll be back to playing football again. I know we uh, talked to Randy Ambrosi last week, the CFL commissioner, and, and he talked about the fact that there's been lots of discussion at the league level about how many games is a good number of games to make uh, the schedule and the season credible? Uh, there's a lot of planning, obviously, that has to go into this. Give me your thoughts on on the season and what we could see or what you hope to see. Obviously, that starts with a full 18-game schedule, but it's looking more and more likely that that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, I think we're like every other team in our league and every other fan in our league. We want to play as many games as we can. And once this breaks, and it will, this will not last forever, uh, then what's left and the time frame within that and our ability to do things in the right way, we'll do that. And so, again, the goal at the end of the day, without giving you a number, is to play as many football games as we can. And if we get to to a stage in the calendar year where we have to forego a, a bye week or two and we can get the, the buy-in from the, the Players Association to do that and we're not inhibiting the safety of our fans and our players, then I'm certainly there will not be opposition to that. Again, the the notion as we sit today is we all want to play as many games as we can for ourselves and for our fans. How has this affected the Eskimos uh, off the field? Uh, obviously, so many businesses have been affected by this. I don't imagine the Eskimos are any different. No, we're not. I mean, we're impacted in a number of ways, just like every other business outside the, the realm of sports is. And, you know, it, it impacts every facet of everything you do every day and just not being able to come to work is a challenge. And fortunately for us right now, it, it doesn't close our business because we're not in season. But I feel for those who are going through that, have gone through that and having to make tough decisions each and every day. And um, certainly for us, just, you know, postponing the season at this point was challenging enough. And we're certainly not anywhere near the situation others are. And I think it's just the unknown day-to-day. Everybody's fearful because we don't know what's on the other side. How many people do you have working in the office still? Is there anyone there? No, we uh, once the city closed the recreation centers, they allowed us to come to work, and they still would, if I think, if, if we asked. But uh, Randy had asked us um, the 13th of March if we would uh, not come into the office as a league anymore, and so he pretty well mandated I believe it was actually on March 19th that he mandated that all CFL teams must work from home, and we have complied. And that that goes for not just the business side, but the football side as well. The only access that you can have to the facility in any CFL city right now is if you have a player that needs treatment, he has to run that through the league office and make an appointment. It has to be for a specific period of time, and there's a cleaning protocol that follows that. So um, for quite some time now, for at least two weeks, we've had nobody in the office. I don't want you to speak for Brock, but I know you've talked with Brock Strandelot, the Eskimos general manager. Uh, this has obviously got to be affecting football operations, too, as far as, you know, preparing for the draft and scouting and uh, everything else that's going on in, in his world. It's also, I am assuming, up in the air. Yeah, it is. Talked to Brock this morning, talked to Scott Milanovic this morning, and certainly, you know, just like everybody else on the planet, you know, everybody's faunching at the bit to get back to some sense of normalcy and Again, you have a day where you feel like maybe you can get back to that and things change in, in the next hour and you realize you're back to square one. And it's no different with Scott and and Brock. Uh, they're grinding on film as we speak and, and planning for the future just like we are. And, again, the challenge is just the unknown and what's on the other side and, and when this, this virus will pass. What's the next step? Next step is uh, hoping that this – can be eliminated and that we can get back to some sense of normalcy and we can open businesses again and that the Eskimos can contribute to the community in a way that's far beyond football and we can bring a sense of pride and joy and relief um, once the season opens. Indeed. All right. And I imagine now your plans, you're going to hang out in Phoenix until this whole thing is settled? Yeah, I had a hard time actually letting go of Edmonton. I, I really enjoy it there. I like it there. I had a hard time leaving there. But as my boss said to me, Chris, what's the difference than you sitting in Edmonton in your office by yourself and working 
are you spending that same time with your family in Phoenix until they get moved working and doing the same thing? So, you know, she was very understanding as was our entire board and they allowed me to come home until this, this passes and we continue to operate every day uh, just like we did when we were all in the office. And if you don't mind, Chris, maybe a, a message to Eskimo fans and Eskimo season seed holders out there who are waiting. I, I, I'm assuming you're planning to be as transparent with everybody as you can be going forward. We are, and uh, I just ask you to continue to be resilient. You know, Eskimo fans are built on the toughness that they have within themselves personally and the city itself and the resiliency that you've shown through many other times far beyond this one. And I just ask you to continue to to hope and pray and be a part of who we are and what we do and understand that we will live another day and this will pass and we'll be back at playing football in the very near future. Chris Preston, CEO of the Eskimos and President, appreciate your time and uh, all the best you get to all this. Thanks, Morley.